Welcome to The Walking OG, Tribal Rant's unofficial podcast for the ever-popular, long-running series, The Walking Dead, on AMC. I'm Michelle. And I am Mike. Tonight we're podcasting Season 6, Episode 2, JSS, yep. which we figure out what it is at the end. Yep. Just survive somehow. Yep. Actually, after I watched the show last night for the first time, I looked it up. I tried to find anything on it, and I couldn't find anything on it. And um, I figured it out earlier today. Did you? Yep, I did. I thought it's something that she wrote on that note to Carl. Oh, okay. Did you? Yeah. I didn't. I had no idea. Yep. Well, in this episode, what did you think about it overall? I liked it. Best one in a long time. I thought it was. I thought it was really good. I don't know if the writing's better or. Um, oh, I don't they were know. just dealing with apocalyptic survival. Right. Yeah. Right, which is kind of what they're there for. That's yeah. Kind of what what we watch it for. And some kind of instead of some kind of dramatic artsy fartsy, you know, which way the leaves are blown in the trees and. Well, if if you'll notice, I don't know if this is like a new trend in 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 television or in storytelling or what, but like you know, I podcast the affair on West Coast Project, and you do. I do. Wow. And um, great show. And if anybody wants to watch that, I highly recommend that podcast too. It's a really, really good show. They probably already got already do. That's how they got here. Maybe. Yeah. But um, but I podcast that there, and on the affair, as you know, even though you don't podcast the show, but you watch the show and like the show, they're telling the story from different perspectives in the same time. Yeah. And um, then Tribal Rant doesn't podcast it, and neither does West Coast Project at this time, but The Leftovers, they're doing the same thing. Did you notice? Yeah, from different perspectives. Right. right. It's like the same time period from different perspectives, and it's so interesting to me. It really adds like a layer of depth to the television shows that we're watching, as long as you're able to keep up week to week and follow through. I just thought it was... A pretty interesting thing how all the TV shows seem to be doing it, or the best ones, anyway. Well, it's, it's been done before, but it's just interesting now. Like you said, that it seemed to be it seems to be a more popular theme. Yeah. Well, um, it seemed like in this there was like three parts to this episode. Is what how I took it. The first part we got the backstory on Enid, the girl that uh, Carl has like a infatuation with his friend Enid. The second part was normal life in Alexandria with the warrior type people gone. Yeah, it was uh yeah, it was just like life going on and everything. Right. And then the third part right, right. Uh picking out recipes and uh ingredients and stuff like that. Hating on cream of celery soup. How can people hate on cream no. of celery? I mean we don't do canned soups anymore, unfortunately. But how do you hate on cream of celery? That is so good. It's like it's like cream of potato. You know, mm. when you come across it, it's the best. Anyway, um, the the third part was the attack and the massacre. So the the episode was kind of divided up like that. Um, the Enid backstory, or at least the backstory of how she came to Alexandra. What did you think about that? Because we did kind of wonder about her, you know, with why she was there without her parents and all that. I thought the turtle soup scene without the soup was pretty interesting. Yeah, I don't know that just because you're really hungry, do you 
that you'd be able to eat something raw like that? It seems like your body might reject that. No. What do you think? No? No. I thought that was kind of harsh. But we find out how she got there. What did you think about how she came to be there? I thought it was kind of sad. It'd be like if we saw, um, you know, Carl without any adult around him or something like that, you know? I, mean, I don't think What I mean is I'm sure it was normal to the apocalypse, that kind of thing. Where the parents get kid and killed and the kid goes on. Yeah, but she's a little... First of all, it's pretty impressive that she survived, even if she had to do it eating raw turtle. And she seemed really I don't jaded, I guess she would be, but bitter, jaded, right? I mean, it was like it hurt her to smile or anything. She was saying they couldn't keep the place safe. She had like a lot of stuff to say about all that. Yeah. Um, then we see her hugging Ron. I'm not sure what all that was about. No, me either. I didn't really get all that. But, long story short, her dad was outside the car trying to change a spark plug or something like that. And the zombies just overtook them. And she saw them coming and was trying to warn them and they just wouldn't heed. Is that what happened? Yeah, something to that effect. <clears throat> and then she comes across Alexandra just by chance. And then she starts to not even go in. When she hears all these people in there, it's like a really pleasant sound with them laughing and talking and stuff like that. And she just starts to not even go in. Just turns around. I think that's probably normal behavior. I don't How would you think Sure, I'm sure... Just not trusting people, not yeah, wanting... just just not, not knowing, you know, okay. if that was a place for her to go. Well, anyway, we saw all that, and then the intro sequence came on. And then when we come back, we're in the normal life in Alexandria part of the episode, where uh, the warrior people are gone, and we see Carol playing housewife. She's just... They're laughing and joking, and... wonder why, at this point, they haven't... She hasn't let her true self be known when everybody else kind of has. What's information in, is power, and they don't need that information. Just to, because she's able to more easily infiltrate a different group of people there or something. Yeah. Is that your? Yeah. Um, but she's one person with her friends, and then uh, oh, and Shelley wants that pasta maker. She's still talking about that pasta maker. Remember how they talked about that last season? Not for long though. And well, no, no, Shelly's not. Shelly's not long for wanting mm. the pasta maker, but she's getting on everybody's nerves talking about the pasta maker. And Carol makes kind of a little, kind of offhanded, snide comment to her about smoking and how it'll kill her. Of course, it turns out that's not what kills Shelly. Kind of. If she hadn't been outside smoking, she'd been inside. Well, there you go. Mm -hmm. um, but then she leaves this group of friends and she's going home. And she comes across Sam on her front porch. She gives him a little wisdom. But she turns into hard Carol. And you know if Sam's telling anybody, nobody's going to believe him. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, poor Sam. 
Then we go to Ron. This is another just normal thing. He don't want Jesse to give him a haircut. And I don't think Jesse even wanted to give him a haircut. She just wanted to talk to him about it. And he's still showing his anger about Rick and what happened. Yeah, because his dad was shot in the face. Right. Imagine. And I mean, of kid, course, of course, you just get over that. No, of course it's gonna be bad. But I mean, his dad was horrible, and he knew that. She even <coughs> points. She even points out to him, lift your left arm, and he can't because his father has hurt him so bad that he can't lift an arm. And that's just okay. Yeah. Then we see Maggie. She's giving the mayoress governess. Deanna seeds and a pep talk about life and growing a garden. Um, so they're going to be expanding, right? Mm-hmm. Deanna just seems very, very out of everything. She still yeah, hasn't said a word. She's still or in a little like shock. Well, she said words, but. Well, not in this episode. I'm just saying. Maggie sits there and talks to her, and she hasn't said anything. She just stands there. She's a little out of it. She, you know, she's just been through a traumatic event. But Maggie tells tells her that Reg would want it. This is what Reg wanted. And she takes the shovel. Then we see Eugene and Tara. They go in because Tara's got a headache and they we meet the new doctor. And it's a doctor of psychiatry that they've got in there now. As the doctor, you know, Pete was the doctor. wonder why Pete wouldn't have had an apprentice or somebody in there that he was... I don't think he was concerned with anybody except Pete. Yeah, but you'd think you'd be concerned about your family and stuff. Should something happen to you, you would want somebody with some medical training. I don't think he was that concerned about his family. But she's a psychiatrist. He's hurting him, you know, so he's not... Yeah, but I don't know. It's just odd. They should have insisted on that then. But she's a psychiatrist. That's all they got. And Tara has a headache and she's dizzy. Then we see Carl out walking Judith, and this is where Father Gabriel comes up to him. We still got just all this normal little activity going on. And uh, he apologizes and says he's ready to learn now. And Carl doesn't like it, but he, in a very mature way, says, Come by at three and we'll go over what machete Machete, training or something like that. And then Carl sees Ron and Andy hug. I'm not sure it was a good idea for Carl to be out walking Judith in a stroller with all the warriors gone anyway. I mean, I know they felt safe and everything in there, but couldn't we have been just a little bit vigilant? Aren't they all kind of uh, considered warrior warriors at this point? Carl and... Carl, absolutely. Carol, Maggie. they don't know about. Maggie, that they do know about. But those were the only ones left behind, right, that were considered any kind of warrior material. Everybody else is all just the people from there that don't know how to do anything, right? I mean, was there anybody else? Well, who's the guy they used to send out? What was his name? Uh, Ethan? Is that his name? I don't know. I don't know his name, but I know who you're talking about. He knows. He, he's, he's, pretty, he's pretty handy. Yeah, I, I haven't seen him, I don't think, this season, have we? Did we see him in the last episode? Yeah, this episode. Remember, he found his right, pictures. Right, this one. I don't yeah. know if we saw him in the last episode this season. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember seeing him. But the point is, the big guns are gone. Well, Carol's cooking, and she's watching Judith nap, and she's watching Shelly outside smoking her cigarette and then just gets attacked blindsided i mean just blindsided with a machete somebody comes up and, and then these people start hacking them up I, I don't know and then you know you wonder if these people are adverse 
to using guns until you see that girl pick up that gun that uh, Blondie drops in her house when she gets attacked, and then and then you think you know they've existed they've existed this long and they're going to attack a big complex like this with no guns. You know they've had the opportunity to find some guns. You know they have. Everybody has, and they just don't have any. I don't know if I'm buying that or not. Yeah, I don't or know. Or if the Wolverine thing with the knives is just their shtick. But, well, uh, I mean, there wouldn't be very many of them. If that well, the, and shtick. the other girl, or the other, uh, those two that Carol ran up on after when she was disguised said to her, Oh, you found a gun. Where'd you get the gun? Yeah. I don't know. We don't know anything about the leader of the Wolverines, right? I mean, none of these people are like the leader. Is that correct? I think the long-haired guy that Morgan... Uh, no, because remember, he was talking about the leader at that bonfire thing that Morgan was at that time. Oh, right? he was? Yeah, he was talking about somebody else, I think. Okay, I, don't, I didn't get that. So, I think there's a leader. And I think it wasn't him. Okay. So... Maybe the leader won't arm them. I don't know. I don't understand really what's going on with this group. Of course, we're not comic book readers, and the comic book readers have a lot of insight to this kind of stuff because they get stuff ahead they've of They've skipped ahead. They Well, yeah, but they don't necessarily always follow what the comics say, but they at least get some guesses and some insight. I don't know. I don't know why they wouldn't have, but that's a good point. They do. They come in there knowing that this place that they have weapons, but now see, most of the people in there don't have weapons. Remember, the weapons are kept in an armory, and all the people are gone. So, I don't know. It's a good point, though. Jesse and Sam hide in a closet. Uh, Carol leaves Carl to protect Judith, and this is where Enid comes over and says she's leaving. They're just people, and the place is too big to protect. I mean, she's like, they're just people. Like, it's no big deal that they're out there dismembering, chopping people's limbs off in the road. And she's just like, it's no big deal. I know. That's when I had to put Enid in the idiot column. <laughs> Carl tells her not to tell him goodbye. And she says, okay. And they just sit on the floor, kind of back to back. He says, you're going to stay, and you're going to help me protect Judith. And he, I don't know, I really liked Carl in this one. He still showed signs of teenage wishy-washy angst, but for the most part, I thought he did great. I thought he performed pretty well. And we now see that it's the wolves. We didn't know until this point that it, that it was them, but we do see that it is them for sure. And we see what the sound was yeah, that from was, last week. That was, um, that was really good. I'm, I'm glad they... They cleared that up halfway into the damn thing. Yeah. Well, the, the attack didn't happen until like 20 minutes into the episode. So there was really like a lot of stuff that went on before the attack even happened, which I liked. I liked to get a little bit of backstory. I liked the normalness and then the attack. It wasn't just the whole thing being like that. But it was neat that, or I, I thought it was better that the horn was an accident. That was easier to buy to me, rather than somebody signaling or knowing exactly that those zombies had got out, because the truck just happened to fall while they were there last time. Remember, it wasn't like anybody did anything to make it fall and release the zombies. It wasn't yeah, anything it was like that. Yeah, just by chance. Right. And, and, s and so was the, uh, the, the collision and the, and the 
zombie leaning up against the horn. Right. Well, yeah, the the truck was trying to break in, right? Trying to ram through the gate, yeah. Right. But they stopped the guy in the watch. I don't know why, though, because they, um, Spencer, that was Spencer, that was, uh, what's her name? Yes, Spencer was in the watch Dina. Dina's son, Dina's yeah. Son, yeah. The truck, I don't know what purpose it would have served by opening the gate, because everybody was already in there. I mean, there was no, like, troops in the truck. There was no extra people behind the truck. There was only one guy who turned into a zombie, I assume. Weren't they going to steal everything? Wasn't that the point? That's what they do, right? They take everything you have, including your life. Maybe. That's, that's what they said to Morgan when they were out there. Because he's like, leave me enough for a few days. And he's like, I take everything, including your life. I get it all. So I took the truck as being empty, breaking in there, breaking through the door so they can go around and get everything. That's probably and take it back. But what it was, yeah. They're dismembering people. It's gruesome. I mean, that was... That was some of the goriest stuff I've ever seen on this show. Yeah. And then Carol and Morgan get into this conversation over whether they should kill people or not. Morgan comes back because he's heard the horn and he comes running back. Well, Carol's stating some facts and Morgan's playing around with his... uh He's having this... He's got some kind of ongoing pity party that he can't kill anybody anymore. And, um, What's up with that? Carol, I don't buy that. Carol even. is a badass, and Carol is killing anybody that threatens the place. Anybody that needs to be brain punctured. Okay, you're Carol's right. all on it. She's she's on her job. Yeah, it's, but Morgan said something kind of interesting to her at one point here. He goes, you don't have to like it. I think he's feeling frustration at Carol because I think he feels like Carol enjoys what she's doing. And I don't know if she enjoys it so much as she enjoys that she's able to do it. Yeah, I mean, I don't There's a get difference. the yes, there is, and I don't get the fact I I I don't get that she is just bloodthirsty or anything like that. But she's just willing to do whatever needs to be done. How do you watch? Say people come through the neighborhood and they're taking your neighbors and your neighbors' children and stuff, and they're they're chopping them into little bits in front of you in the road do you go up to them and say you don't have to die I mean do you do that no I mean how I don't even understand that mentality mm-hmm. letting these people go which is what Morgan did you know that's going to come back right yep I mean the guy grabs the gun at the end and he let you know speaking of coming back there's a probably trouble looming for Rick and uh, Ron later on too. That's gonna that's gonna show itself that little that little festering problem that Ron's got going on with Rick Grimes. Yeah, I don't. Uh, but Morgan is uh, he's he's also there in the idiot category with uh, with Enid because that makes absolutely no sense. It would be hard for me to see these people chopping up. Your friends, the people who protect you and do for you and, and they're part of your community, and not want to stop them. I don't understand them that, with right? dead, deadly force because they're not going to quit. They're not going to quit, and if you turn them loose, they're going to come back and they're going to do it again, or they're going to go somewhere else and do it to somebody else. So all you're doing is you're leaving the enemy uh, able to continue to fight. 
the enemy must be destroyed. So what about Deanna? And when she said she wasn't going to go in, Maggie went running in. Smart move. I thought it was too. It was a little cowardly. Did, well, maybe? I don't know. I don't. I don't. I didn't get coward from her, but I got a whole lot of uh, clarity. But she's right. And, and yeah, and common sense from her. That's you know, for her, but for her to have that kind of clarity and common sense after she, you know, they show her running around, you know, looking back and stumbling after the guy gets knocked off the tower with the with the firebomb and getting into the truck um you know and, and looking at the zombie and being kind of you know shocked but that was uh that was you know contrast to her clarity at that moment she was thinking real clear and uh and very uh very on point yeah, because I well, I did too. Because she said, "I'll just be somebody else you have to save." So I thought that was pretty good. And then Ron, Ron's out because he's out doing whatever he does, and one of the wolves start chasing him. And here comes Carl to save the day, and he shoots the guy, but he shoots the guy in the leg. I mean, good enough, you know. He puts him down. I don't believe Carl would have gotten that close to this guy with that gun so that guy could grab that gun like that no, I don't from think, him. No, I don't either. But anyway, he ended up shooting him, killed him, and then Ron won't even go into the house with me. Still, he's like mad at Carl. That's what I'm saying. The guy's got something that it can't be fixed. I actually wrote, because he's a big baby. That's <laughs> what I wrote. <laughs> Jesse and Sam are in the closet, and Jesse goes out, and she gets in the fight with that woman that's in her house. She hears Ron outside, right? Ron's coming up, and she hears somebody in her house. And so she don't want Ron to come in on this woman and die, so she goes out there, and she kind of takes the bullet, so to speak. Well, her. I mean, she you know, exposes herself by yelling at her son, trying to protect him. Sure. That's what, I, that's what I mean. Yeah. Then we see Carol, and she's dressed as a hooded ninja. <laughs> and she's leading Morgan around as a... a yeah, and a, a, just to walk a through fake them. prisoner. Right. Because she saw somebody doing that earlier. And she is killing everybody that moves. Even their own terminally injured Carol is on point. And... Of course, a game, for sure. She is. And Morgan sees something he needs to go handle so he runs away and so Carol goes in and she arms Lydia her friend Lydia and tells her to just hide shoot the... whatever comes through the door mm -hmm. I don't think I'd be headed back toward that door no I believe I'd I'd have to get a bullhorn to mm -hmm. notify Lydia that it was over yeah. stand outside and holler at her or something we never did see Lydia again mm -hmm. Lydia may still be in that standing there yeah guarding the door Morgan ties people up and Carol comes along and shoots them once he's got him. I know. That's yeah. He's like, you know, you're not. He's going to say, well, he's not going to kill anybody. He's <laughs> taking the high ground. Blam! I know. She's going to yeah, get your ass play. back to work. What are you doing? Carol gives Morgan a gun and she gives one to Father Gabriel. Morgan hands his gun to Father Gabriel. And Gabriel looks at both of them. I don't know what, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then uh, Morgan, he comes up on the group that accosted him a while back. That group of five or whatever and he counsels them you keep choosing this life you'll die and they say they didn't choose this life yeah they're all having their little uh little hug fest yeah i don't know mike i don't know if they're more, maybe more scared of going back 
I don't know. I think we're going to see more to it than just these people just decided to go in there like that. But, I, I mean, I could be wrong. Then we go to commercial. We come back, and Carol sees Shelly and her Morley, which was a nod to X-Files. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Carol takes the Morleys and sits on the front porch. And then we see this red A. Was it written in blood, right, on her front porch? I, I, I assumed... What was that all about? I have no idea. No idea. And she begins to cry. Spencer finds his old pack that was left in that car that he and Daryl were trapped in. Um, disguised as a food plant. Remember that place that they got trapped in with pictures of Alexandria in it? And he gets all... Yeah, because he knows that's oh, that how... Oh, well, that wasn't Spencer. That was... No, that uh, was uh, Ethan, right? Ethan, I think it was Ethan. And they found that this, and he had left that when he, he and Daryl got caught in that car. Right. He had it was something they had to leave because they left in a hurry. Right. Well, then we go back to the hospital. See, and we can't be hating on Morgan too bad because he saved them. He he fought all those zombies to get those out of there and get him. Out. So he's kind of a complex character. I mean, he'll put his his own life at risk, but he won't kill anybody. He values human life. Which I, I think. hate. I, I want to see Morgan stab somebody with that stick. Well, you saw him stab a couple people, I, I think. I know. Morgan values human life. Back in the hospital, they brought Holly in with a some kind of a bad wound, and um, but she she dies, even though Denise has tried. The new uh, doctor psychiatrist has tried to save her life. Enid's gone. The timer goes off. Casserole's ready. Casserole's on. So, so 55 minutes because Carol set that timer just as Shelly gets whacked with a machete. So this whole thing took place right in 55 minutes. And she didn't wait like after it got in and set the It didn't burn the casserole. No. That was convenient. Yeah. Must have got supper. And Carl gets it out. And They're going to need it cleaning up all those bodies Boy, and parts. what yeah. a mess. Not. What a mess. Maybe it'll rain. Morgan goes into the armory where Lydia is hiding with a gun and, you know, you're just terrified the whole time that Lydia's going to shoot Morgan, but... There's something else waiting for Morgan. Yeah. Um, Could they make these people look any more nasty? I mean... Look how nasty Rick Grimes' group looked when they pulled in there. Do you remember? Look how nasty Enid looked when she came in there. I mean, they look rough. Sure, yeah. um, but Morgan... This is the guy who was around the campfire with him, remember? That's who attacks him in the house that Lydia's in. And Morgan realizes that that was him. And the guy said, you know, you should have killed me then and attacks him. Yeah, he realizes he can't. He goes, you can't, can you? Yeah, what does that tell you? I mean... Well, he... Morgan let him live and he was cognizant. That he, that he, or the fact that, hey, this guy let me live. He can't kill me. He or he doesn't want to, or whatever. I think he did kill him, though, don't you? Yeah, I think he did, too. I mean, they didn't yeah. show for definitive. I know he hurt his feelings. Well, right, right. Um, but then he and Carol pass one another in a body-littered street without speaking. They just, like, pass one another. And that was weird, how they showed that. And, they don't um, have much in common at this point, <laughs> except they're both in the apocalypse. 
No, I don't think Carol was very pleased with Morgan. Mm-mm. I mean, here she is going around. You have to wonder how many people might not have been hurt if Morgan, in place of taking the time to fight these people and the time that it took, had just taken the gun and shot them so he could have went on to the next person. wonder yeah. how many of his people died because of that. Right. Next week, it looks like we'll be back with the zombie horde gone awry. We get to see everything that goes on with that. They're going somewhere, and it ain't Disneyland. No, it looks like it could be a rough day for them next week. On their way to making. So, any last thoughts on tonight's episode, JSS? I liked it a lot. I thought it was was very, uh, very hardcore apocalyptic survival, everything. I liked it. I liked it a lot. But, of course... You know, like you say, I like a lot of shooting and blood and stuff. So. Yeah, the um, I don't know. But when you watch an apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic show like that, isn't that what you expect? I mean, stuff like that. Yeah, I expect it. I just don't want it to be the center. Really. Of everything that we watch, no, I don't want blood and gore. I want them to entertain my thought process not just like river dance or something show me um maybe they need to make me think about the apocalypse not just show me the gore i don't think the gore is necessarily a bad thing this one was pretty graphic and i think it maybe felt more graphic because it felt like it was too humans in place of to zombies and i think that made it feel a little bit different to me well you mean can't have an apocalypse without any gore. You understand that? Of course. I'm not saying no gore. I'm just saying I want a story behind the gore. I don't just want gore. Okay. We hope you'll connect with us here at Tribal Rent and become part of our The Walking OG podcast. My Twitter is at Michelle from TN. Mike and I are sharing a Twitter right now so he can be reached at the same. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash tribal rant. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn. So subscribe to us and keep in touch. Please like us and rate us if you like what we're doing. And of course, all this information is on tribalrant.com where you can email us or leave us a message. We'd love to hear from you and get your feedback. We truly, truly would. So you got anything to add? That's it. Okay. Well, next time. Okay. Next week. Okay. Okay.